able to be in the house of the Lord today and worship Him. Amen. I love every song they sang about was about His name. What glorious day He's going to come back. Amen. And then, then uh, how great is His name? Everything's great about God. Amen. And and uh, if you hadn't experienced that in your life, then you need to try to find Him today. Amen. Because He is a great God. I told you I was going to try to go back last Sunday. Our vision has to be bigger than our past memories. And I, Michelle didn't think I could do it again. She said, you'll have a whole new sermon. We'll not go back and preach that again. I said, surprise, surprise. So I'm going to try it again today. Our vision has to be, this is, this is very big on you going forward in your spiritual walk with Jesus Christ. Listen, Paul said, forgetting those things which are in the past, that means he had to forget about them. He, listen, if anybody had a past, the Apostle Paul had a past. He persecuted the church, killed Christians, but also he said that I forget those things from the past, but I'm reaching forward to the high calling of God that he put on my life. That was on the day of, uh, on the road to Damascus, Jesus Christ came and knocked him off his horse and, and said, Paul, Paul, why do you persecute me? And of course, as the story goes on there in Acts chapter 8, God, he accepted Christ. God, listen, Jesus Christ changed his life. Paul forget those things and went forward and wrote over 13 books in the New Testament, went on three missionary journeys, became a great man of God. This is a man that persecuted... This is what I'm trying to say. Listen, if you've got a past, God can change it today and He can use you for your honor and glory. Amen? Just because you have a past doesn't mean God's through with you and you're no good to Him and He can't use you. Because if he can use the Apostle Paul, he can use anybody today, amen? And if you're thinking that this morning, that's Satan himself just putting them thoughts in your head. So our, our vision today, your vision today, where God's got you in your walk with him and where he's taking you has got to be bigger than what the past is. Do not allow the enemy to draw you back into the past, amen? We all know what the old me and you used to look like and be like, amen? We don't want to be there no more, amen? And want to be the new you. Old things are passed away. All things have become new. New in Jesus Christ this morning, amen? Let's all stand. I'm going to read five verses out of Exodus, I mean Numbers chapter 14. Last week I started in 13 a little bit. The, the uh, Israelites, Moses sent 12 men from 12 different tribes to go out and spy the land, the promised land, the land that God promised them for the children of Israel. They came back. Ten of them said, let's go, man, it's great. There's, there's grapes that big around. I mean, bananas that long, the fruit of the land, it's like milk and honey in this land. The grass is so green. Let's go get it, church, let's go. But then you always got the two people in the church body. There's giants in the land. There's briars over there. There's stickers. We've never done that before. Amen? And they said, we look like grasshoppers, not only in our sight, but we look like grasshoppers in their sight. And it's better for us just to go back to Egypt. You ever been there? We, we laugh, but you know what? When we, when we step out, just like the ones that have been coming in and joining this church and the ones that have been getting saved, the ones that have been getting baptized, the ones that God is turning your family around, Satan's always there to lure you back to the old you. He's always there to lure you back to what you used to be, to make it look so much easier. And I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, Christian, today and, and all, everybody in this church, if you're going to step out and walk for Jesus Christ, it's going to be tougher than your old life because anything that's good, that you're doing good for God, Satan's going to fight you tooth and nail to get you back to the OU. Why do you think that Satan's fighting you so much? Well, I I've got saved now and I'm in church at Pleasant Hill. No, he's fighting you because he don't want you to see your future. He knows there's something new and bigger than the OU. And so that that's why that's why some of y'all are struggling. With the OU, is God's got some, He's got a whole lot better new you for you. Amen? Sometimes you just got to stand up to Him and say, Listen, Satan, the new, this is the new me. <laughs> Greater is He is in me than He that's <laughs> in the whole world. Sometimes you got to speak that. I know, well, we Baptists don't speak it. Well, start! <laughs> Amen? We Baptists don't quote Scripture like that. Well, start! Maybe that's why you're battling. 
Maybe that's why you're fighting, fighting every little battle every day on the job. Start quote. Listen, don't just read it. Quote it to him. Amen. Quote scripture to him. It's the word of God. Oh, I could. I got to read. I could preach all the rest of the day here. Look at Numbers chapter 14. Now as, they, now as they get this bad report, it wasn't really a bad report. It was a good report. But two of them made it a bad report. Two people turned. It's amazing how, how faith, how people that don't have faith, whether it's in a church or in a family or in your own walk, or own, two people turned millions of people by saying, there's giants over there. We can't fight them. Two people. There was ten of them that said, Listen, guys, it's great. We, it's going it's to be the best place we've ever been in. Two people said we can't do it. And everybody went with the two people. It's amazing how Satan uses discouragement and negativity to destroy a church. And your life, not just a church, but your life, your family, your marriage. So now as they start in, in chapter 14, it says, So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept all night because of the giants and the report they got from two people. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. That's about right. They went to the pastor and associate pastor right off. <laughs> to Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if we had only died in the land of Egypt, or if we only had died in the wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better, I just don't get this, for us to return to slavery, to Egypt? Then Moses and Aaron fell on their faces for all the seemingly congregation of the children of Israel. And they started praying and crying for him. And I can't read the whole chapter, but the, what happened was, ultimately what happened because the people didn't have faith to go into the land, all the people that denied and didn't have faith and were under, were the, the, they died in the wilderness. Jace, Joshua and Caleb and everybody else 20 years and younger went to the promised land. Everybody over that died in the wilderness. And I truly believe today this is where we're at in Christianity. God's Word is just as alive as it's always been. It's just as powerful as it's always been. It's the unspoken, undeclared Word of God. Pure and precious Word of God. God is still a powerful God. He's still doing miracles. He can still heal. But a lot of our faith has died in the wilderness, church. Because we live in 2015 and we got modern technology. God, Listen, God's the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He's still, he's still the same God. I, I've always never got that. People want to, like after the day of Pentecost, Jesus died. No, He's alive. He's alive just as much today and can change your life just as much as He changed the Apostle Paul or anyone in the Bible. Amen? Heavenly Father, I pray that You'll just speak a word into our spirits this morning. Lord, let us give us a greater vision for next year for this church body. Let's not look into the past victories or the past defeats. But Lord, let us look, move us forward as a church body in 2016 to, to be a greater witness, a greater evangelizing church, a greater loving church. Yes, we had some good times and, and had some bad times, but Lord, our vision's got to be greater than our past memories. Lord, I pray that whoever that's here today, Lord, that this word will stick in their spirit. And Lord, that you'll do a turnaround in their heart today. If not, Lord, start with our thinking because your word says, so as a man thinketh, so is he. And Lord, just change us today in, in, in a way through your spirit, Lord, to give us a vision and a hope for our future. I know our country looks bleak and, it, and things on the news, but Lord, just because things are bad in the world don't mean the church has to die. We still have to walk by faith in the good days and the bad days. Still have to live for you, Lord, and give us that faith today, Lord, in Jesus' name. And everyone said, "You may be seated." I was looking for some faith yesterday. Uh, y'all, most of y'all know I love to deer hunt, and uh, I thought I done went to the wilderness yesterday. I thought I was going to die, Hunter. And, and I'm going to blame it on Colton back there because it's his fault for selling Hunter the dogs anyway. But Hunter got some beagles, and, and that man Hunter loves to run his dogs. If y'all know Hunter, he, he, he loves outdoors. He loves to hunt and fish. Now he's into these running these beagles, and they run these little beagles. And uh, 
So he, after we had Thanksgiving dinner at my mom's yesterday, Hunter says, Hey, Dad, let's go have a race. Let's go try to run some deer. And we got all the family. All my family left the Thanksgiving table. I love this. We're out in the country. We went from Thanksgiving table to putting orange on. We was up in the woods. And here comes Hunter, and they went, him and my dad went down and turned these little dogs loose, and they jump a deer. And they got by, they got around me, and I'm on the mule. So I got a brand new mule that I bought, and this thing, I found out it's pretty fast. And I got on the dirt road, and I went to cut. I, I love the thrill of cutting dogs off. Y'all ever been there? Anybody with me? If y'all don't hunt, you don't know. But I love the thrill. I, I had, uh, I think, Micah's. Uh, Scott was with me over in the pasture side. I, one time I looked, I was hitting him water bars and jumping them. And I looked over at him, and he's never run dogs before, so he didn't know what we were doing, Dave. And I looked over, and he had this bar, this bar, and had the gun between his legs, and he was that big. Is this, is this chasing dogs? I said, hang on, Scott, we going further, boy. We jumped water bars and finally got up there, and I dropped him off here, and I went on up, and I killed it, and I got off, and it's... Straight down this bluff. It's a road, but it's straight down, probably a hundred yards, and it flattens off. And I get down there, and I hear the dog coming. Yeep, 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 yeep. Boy, and your blood starts pumping. I get ready, and I stand right in the middle, and I'm waiting on it. And I hear the deer coming, and 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 I thought, Lord, slow him down. I mean, the first one went chomp, second one went chomp, the third one went chomp. I just pulled up, went boom, 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 boom. I didn't cut a hair. I didn't think. So I was going to run down the mountain and cut the deer off this way, and I stepped in a hole about that deep. And I fell, and I rode 20, 30 yards down the mountain, holding my gun, flipping and flopping. And I thought, good Lord, somebody's up in there staying watching me somewhere. And that hit me. I'm rolling down this mountain, and I'm thinking, somebody's watching me. Because I'm supposed to be agile, you know, and all this, big hunter. I stepped, I rode and rode, and when I got up, I dusted off, and I went... Just walked on back like it. I mean, just walked right on back. That was my story for the weekend. But a lot of times we need to have faith in Jesus. Listen, it's not a laughing story sometimes when God wants us to have faith in Him. When we know what God's Word says, that, that He's always going to take care of us, that He's always, listen, He may not always give us what we want, but He'll always supply what we need. According to His riches and glory. That's what His Word says. And so, He's always going to supply what we need. Now, my wants and God, it sometimes gets a little overboard sometimes. Amen? How about yours? Does your wonder ever kick in about Christmas? Hunting season, my wonder kicks in. Fishing, hunting, something. It, women, you go to somewhere shopping. I know some of y'all been to that new outlet mall in Little Rock. Your wonders had to kick in or you wouldn't drive that far. To go shopping. And so God always supplies what we need. And the children of Israel here, you know, and I I think back and I think, man, here this is promised land. God's given them this, this land, His chosen people, His chosen nation. They've already spent 40 years wandering in the wilderness because they couldn't go straight through to the promised land in 35 days. Because if God would have took them there, they never could have handled what God was giving them. That's why he allowed them to go through the wilderness times. And now listen, wilderness times, listen, wilderness times are cold, barren, and dry sometimes. You ever been through that season in your life where, where the wilderness is cold, it's barren, it's dry? There's not a lot to eat during that time. I, listen, God allows us to go through the wilderness so we'll rely on him. He wants us to focus on him. You say, why does God want, during the wilderness time, Why does He want us to focus on Him? Because He don't want you turning going back to your past. If you're focused on God to lead you day by day, day by day, supplying all your daily needs, you're not thinking about uh, nothing around you. You're just focusing on God. That means you're going forward when you're focusing and having faith in Him, and you're not going backwards to your past. Because the moment, I don't know about y'all, but the moment I take my eyes off of Jesus on anything and start trying to do it my way, I'm going backwards to my past. But every time I stay focused on Jesus and follow my knees in a, in a humble spirit and say, Jesus, I need help. I, I, can't, uh, I can't make this through this. I can't lead this church. I can't preach this word without you guiding me, Lord. When I stay focused on Him, I keep moving a little closer to that promised land. But every time I rely on me, I start getting in my flesh. 
Then I start thinking in my flesh, speaking in my flesh, doing things for God in my flesh. I got any flesh people out there? Come on, knock your halos off, church. Don't tell me last week, sometime during the week, you was not in your flesh. Oh, yes, I was on the job, and this lady threatened to cuss me, but I said, bless you in the name of Jesus. I was at Piney Stoplight, and this guy just jerked his car over in front of me. I said, thank you in the name of Jesus. Go right ahead. Yeah, right. Some of y'all was on that horn. But every time I get unfocused from God, and this is what happened to the children of Israel here, they got unfocused off of God that just, listen, we got short memories. It wasn't too long ago that the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob just brought them through, well, before that, brought them through the, seven, the ten plagues. The last one, the plague of death. Then through there, Pharaoh said, go ahead, Moses, go. They were released, and then, then Pharaoh chased after them with his mighty army. They got right up against the Red Sea and couldn't cross. The fire by night and the cloud by day protected them from them. Allowed Moses to walk up, and just with his, with his uh, uh, staff, thank you. I would say 270, but that's all I got on my mind. He walked up there with his staff, and he said, Stand still and see the salvation of your God. And then, boof, it just started separating. And God led them through on dry land. But they have forgotten about, not even that, when they're in the wilderness now for 40 years, they didn't have nothing to eat. It was barren. It was dry. God give them manna, give them, give them a, I mean, bread. And I mean, what better can you get at garlic bread and quail breast? Man, you've got to have a little imagination because I've got to have some butter on that bread. Amen. But that manna fell from heaven. They'd never seen manna before. The Bible says, in the Greek it says, what is it? It was a little wafer of bread that fell from heaven. They didn't have to cook it. All they had to do was get that manna and collect it daily. But God wouldn't allow them because if I was in there, if I, if I was in that group, oh man, this stuff's got a sweet taste. It had a sweet taste. A little wafer of bread and had a sweet taste. I'm going, Mev, go get two more big old bowls. We're going to get some for tonight when we watch TV. And we're going to get some for tomorrow. I'm going to go ahead and start canning some of this stuff. It's good. But see, here's what happened when they started going back and wanting to get some more and put it on the shelves and save it. It rotted. God said, mm, it don't work like that. When I give you manna from heaven, that means you're focused on me daily. You're following me daily. You're seeking me first every morning and getting my manna and the quail. And listen, just follow me today and I'll provide for you tomorrow. And I'll provide the next day, but you've got to follow me today. See, they couldn't bank it up. And, and, and they, I just, it just amazes me that they couldn't see all this, that God was... Then when they come right up to the borders of the promised land and there's a bunch of giants, a giant is nothing compared to a sea. Giant is nothing compared to a bunch of frogs and all the plagues. Nothing. But it's amazing how we allow Satan to just dis, dis, disfigure us mentally. We forget sometimes, and I said it last week, us children of God and going to church and Christians every Sunday, we forget what it means to be saved. That's why the church has lost its joy today. I, I, I really could care less if people come into this church and say, that church down there is not your regular Baptist church. They got a lot of joy down there. Well, praise God. I think we ought to have it. Amen. I think we ought to have a little joy when we're worshiping Jesus Christ. Because when I look back and see what He did for me, I have nothing but joy, and I can do nothing but raise my hands and worship and praise my Savior that died on the cross and gave me eternal life. And so that, I just think if we come to church, there ought to be some joy there. Most churches wouldn't have played that video in their church. I didn't like that video they played. That, that video was mocking worship. I got to do something just to get you out of the world and get you into Jesus today. Amen? 
don't tell me about a video. You're fixing to go home and watch HBO. So don't complain about the video. Some of the junk some of y'all watch on TV is a lot worse than that video. But when it comes to spiritual, oh, we can't do that. But see, a lot of us come to church on Sunday and live in the promised land, and Monday we go right back to Egypt. Sundays is the promised land. Monday through Saturdays is Egypt. Boy, I can't wait till the promised land gets here on Sunday. Man, it's going to be bread from Hannah. Bread from Hannah. Bread from heaven. <laughs> Hannah, if you're in here, start baking, baby. Bread from heaven. I go to Pleasant Hill and I get bread from, I mean, it's just heaven comes down, God's Word and the worship and the singing. And it just sends me, I just got, I feel so changed when I'm in that building on Sunday. Listen, the same Holy Spirit that's speaking and anointing and changing is the same Holy Spirit that wants to change you on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. The problem is, is we're not focusing on Him. You know why God's so big to you on Sunday? Is you come in here focused on Him. Everything we talk about is God. Everything we sing about is God. Everything that goes on around here is about God, 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 God. Now the problem is, is tomorrow you've got to go back and be around them giants. The Anaks are out there, amen? They're coming. The Amorites, they're coming. The Jebusites, they're on your job. The Mosquito Bites, they're there. They're all there. There's all kinds of ites on your job that's ready to pull you back to the old you. Amen? And it starts sometimes by just listening to that dirty joke and going, oh, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, yeah. Amen? Well, that I laughed because I wasn't in church. <laughs> We're not in church, you know. We can tell that. Listen, Moses, God was trying to get these people in a lifestyle that just wasn't a Sunday lifestyle. He didn't want them just to live off his miracles, but live off of focusing on him and the relationship with him day by day by day. Not just on Sunday. Every day. Do you wake up on I mean, wake up tomorrow morning. Man, it was cold this morning. Wake up and praise him. Amen. Because a, a lot of us allow Satan and the enemy to get us to sulking and crying. And you'll look around at your own belongings and what you have and, and, and you'll say, I don't have a lot. It's, you know why you don't have a lot? because you're looking at the Joneses. I always tell Melvin, I'm, I'm happy where I'm at on my farm, in my trailer, or in our land. No house payment, no this, no that. Don't have a lot, but I'm happy and you say, well, man, we need a bigger house. That's, sometimes that's, listen, I'm not saying them things are wrong, guys. But sometimes Satan wants you to have more and more. A lot of these things you see in the world we live in, because I know we're in Hot Springs, Arkansas. A lot of these things that people drive up and down the road that are nice, say, man, how do they afford that? In debt? 16 credit cards? Well, they got to pull. Yeah, two credit cards paid for it. You see what I'm saying? The grass is not always greener on the other side. Most time there's a septic tank over there. <laughs> Amen. So he wanted the children of Israel not to go back to Egypt. They're, they're, they, got to the, they got to the point spiritually where they thought garlics and onions and being beat every day to making mud bricks. What's better than spending eternity in the promised land with an almighty God? And freedom. Freedom. Some of us Christians today in the church has not experienced freedom in Jesus Christ. When He saved you from the authority and the darkness and the power of Satan, when you, when you invited Jesus into your heart, at that moment He released you. The Bible says He called us from the darkness in to the marvelous light. There is no condemnation, 8, 1, Romans 8, 1 says, to those who are in Christ. And so when Jesus saves me, 
And He saved me from that darkness. He released me. He set me free from bondage of sin. You say, once you're saved, you don't sin no more? That's not what I said. You're still going to sin. You're not in bondage to sin where you didn't. Now you have a choice. Then you didn't. You just lived in sin. But now Jesus has set you free. He has become your kinsman redeemer. He has bought you back for what Satan had stowed you from. Amen? He bought you back at a price that Jesus died. Listen, the same thing was, this is a picture in the Old Testament of being released out of Egypt into the promised land. They've been set free in Jesus Christ. Some of us just don't look like we're free. I'm telling you, I get to preach in a lot of churches and a lot of people. And man, I'm really a hammering over there. And somebody's going, <sighs> Amen. You say, well, they're just not wired like you in church. I guarantee if I was at your house last night, you was pretty wired. When the hogs got beat by one point and the Razorbacks were fixing to kick that field goal, I guarantee you some of y'all that are quiet in church and don't worship and don't do this, and I'm just not wired. You was on the edge of your couch going, Come on! Make it! Put it through the uprights! Then you get in on church on Sunday and it's like... <sighs> and, I, and, I, and I go back... Why do people act like that? It's not because they're wired. We're all passionate. We have it in us. When you're saved, you have the passion of Christ in you. A lot of it is, are we walking in the flesh on Sunday or are we living in the promised land? A lot of us, who's got control? of You can be saved and be in bondage. You can be saved and going to heaven and be living in Egypt. Eating onions. I know a lot of Christians that are saved or in church that are eating onions and garlic, making mud bricks every day and going to church every Sunday and have a lick of joy about their salvation. And a lot of times it's not because Baptists can't worship or don't want to worship. It's because they're in bondage. Just in bondage. Oh, they're saved and going to heaven. I preach in a lot of churches revival. A lot of their folks are saved. They just don't look like it. Some, I mean, they're saved. They just need to tell their face. Amen. Amen. Because, I mean, somewhere, sooner or later, something's going to strike up in you if you're saved. And you're going to be passionate, excited to do something for Jesus. How many of y'all this morning when you got up, how many this week God was already talking about going to church? God already laid it on your heart, going to church, doing this, getting with your church family. That, I mean, God works that way, guys. Well, they don't work that way with me. I don't ever think about it. Then you in Egypt. If you don't ever think about church and think about spiritual things outside of Sunday morning services, you in Egypt. How do you know I'm Egypt? Smell your breath. <laughs> hey, man, some of y'all get that on the way home. And you'll laugh and almost run off the bypass. <laughs> Go to Hebrews 4, 2, Michelle. Hebrews 4, 2. <clears throat> Here's what the writer of Hebrews said about the Egyptians. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them. Talking about the Israelites and the Jews. But the word which they heard, they did not profit them. Not being mixed with what? Faith. Guys, you can read the Bible all you want. You can attend church every Sunday. You can attend every women's group, every men's group. You can work with the youth. You can do everything you need to do in church. But if you're just doing to be doing, you're in bondage. Listen, a lot of us don't have a solid foundation in God's Word even though we're in church. I see many people in church every year that are in church Sunday after Sunday, but they don't have a solid foundation. You say, you're not going to get a solid... Go back to that, that verse, Michelle. It says, it was preached to them as well, but the word which they heard did not profit them. How does the word of God profit us? Well, you preach every Sunday and I listen and it profits me. It just... Brother George, I get little goosebumps when you preach. 
I'm not talking about emotional feelings. That means you just got the word, but you didn't mix it. When you mix it with faith, it's more than just feelings. I know a lot of people that come to church and even hear me preach, and they get, and, and, and they get stirred up because that's my job to stir the gift inside of you. Amen? I don't apologize for the way I preach. I don't apologize for stirring you up. But when you leave here and by tonight, if you're going back to your same old thinking and eating onions and garlic, then it was just feelings. You ever seen them people get real high and spiritual on Sunday and eating garlic and onions on Monday? Here, here, I always like to use it. How many of y'all ever used Quick Creek? When he says mix the word and faith, listen, that, that Quick Creek don't get solid. If I cut that bag, Clint, and I take it, and I just pour it out here on the ground. And I build me a form. Say I'm going to build Melville in a nice walkway. This is just preaching example. Don't get... Okay? I'm trying to lead you closer to Jesus, all right? I build a form going to our house. She wants a new walkway. I go and get 15 bags of quick creed at Lowe's. And I cut them and I just fill that up, that form, big old square form. I fill it completely up. I mean, it's smooth. And I come out and say, Beth, I'm finished with your sidewalk. Come walk in it. She's going to have some dusty feet, and I'm going to be running. Amen? Because here's what i got to do. For that to be solid, I've got to take the quick creek, and I've got to mix it with water. There's got to be a mixing of all that structure. It's kind of like combustion. Poof. I mean, there's got to be a mixing there that bonds all that together, and, when it, and it's wet, but when it dries... She can come walking down there and jump up and down on it. She's not going to crack it. She's not going to break it. Because it's more than just the Word. You've got to mix the Word with faith. Now listen, when I say mix the Word with faith, that's more than just going to a Bible study and getting all the knowledge in the world and, and, and reading every night. You've got to respond. You've got to mix the Word that you hear and respond in faith to Jesus and he starts giving you a solid foundation that you're walking on. That's why a lot of us don't feel solid. Be ye confident. Philippians 1.6 says, be ye confident. How many is confident in your relationship with Jesus? How many is confident in your relationship with Jesus? Man, everybody be every hand up here will be doing this. If it's not, you've got a problem. One or two things. You're not saved. You're not mixing the word with faith. I don't care. There's no preacher in the world can preach on hell, fire, brimstone, and I'll walk out of here doubting myself. I know without a doubt, I know that I know that I'm saved. I love them people that goes, he's one of them hell and firestone preachers. I just don't like him. He said hell in his sermon. If you're a child of God, prepared place or to feel real good to you because that's where you're going. If you're, if you're confident in your relationship with Jesus, now that doesn't mean we don't mess up and we don't backslide and we don't fall back. But you know that you know that you know that you're saved and covered in the blood of Jesus. Just getting on your knees and repenting will take you care of a whole lot of that other stuff. Amen? Some of us is not mixing water with our quickcrete so it won't get solid. Now, I'm not meaning just being busy to be busy. You can be busy and you can be dry and doing everything in church and feel like you're a thousand miles away from God. When Brother George preaches, you're just wanting him to hurry. Amen? I got to go to church today. That's number one. If that's what you say every Sunday, Houston, we got a problem. If it's got to go to church, then you're already in trouble. Amen. Man, you get to. Amen. 
Listen up, guys. You get to. Nobody in here got to go to church this morning. That's a slap in the face of Jesus. I got to go this morning. What if I woke up and told me, I said, well, we can't this Sunday. I got to preach. Amen. I get to. And I really believe that's why a lot of preachers aren't anointed and used of God is they get behind that pulpit every Sunday and feel like they got to. But when they get to the feeling and get out of bondage and quit eating onions and garlic and getting eaten in big old grapes that big around and bananas that long, I mean, and turnip greens that are this tall, they're good. Sweet. I mean, just big old, big old grapefruits. Milk and honey just poured all over them. When they start eating, when they start getting that stuff, they're getting to preach God's word because God starts anointing their words and giving them what to preach. But there's so many preachers behind the pulpit today and the reason their churches is dying is because they're dead. Amen. I don't like that, Brother George. I'm a preacher and you offended me. Well, get a, wake up. Amen. I got to close. The reason Satan, the reason Satan don't want you to move from your wilderness into your promised land is he don't want you to know that God's got a new thing for you. He always wants you to live in the past and look at the old things. And them old things can haunt you. Amen? But listen, we got to get to the place where we're waking up every Monday looking back in the past. We'll go to church on Sunday, and man, the lights are bright. The Holy Spirit anointed me, man. He spoke to me. He gave me a future. It's great. But as soon as I walk out of them doors, the devil turns me right around to my past. He starts telling me about my ex-wife. She called last week. Not mine. I don't have one. Somebody's. Thank you. Y'all say, man, I can't believe you preach on that. You're living life in it every week. Y'all ain't got along in 20 years. Been fighting over kids for 15 but you can't leave here. If God's got you going into the promised land, you can't keep turning around going to the past. The past is the past. Look, forget those things which are past and look forward. <laughs> Satan wants us to live in the past so we won't see the new thing. Galatians chapter 3. I love Galatians. Limitations. Limitations, Michelle, chapter 3. Through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. And boy, I can stand up on Monday and say, Great is thy faithfulness, Lord. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness. They're new every day. You say, Brother George, I feel like I've been in Egypt this week. He's got something new for you this morning. You don't have to live looking in the past. Really, you need to let Satan needs to look at your backside every now and then. Amen? Because we're facing him way too much. Sometimes he needs to see this side of you going the other way. It's kind of like your car. And, I, and I've said this a lot before. The rearview mirror on the front of your car is there to glance into. How many of y'all ever glance in your rearview mirror? When you're getting ready to shift lanes, what do you do? Glance. When you're getting over, glance. You don't sit there and stare at it. If you stared at your mirror, you're going to have a wreck. Can you imagine driving home today when you leave here in your rear mirror? I'm, Ronnie, call the county. We're clearing 70. See, the rear mirror is who I was. But the windshield is what God did for me and is going to continue doing for you today and tomorrow. Amen. So here's what we need to do, guys. Some of y'all came here this morning. You was driving in that rearview mirror. Reach up there. Oh, wait, grab your steering wheel. Come on. 
participate or I'm going to preach in 20 more minutes. <laughs> Boy, you're seeing everybody then. Let's go. Come on. <laughs> it was somebody elbowing their wife. She's like, get your hands on the wheel. <laughs> Listen, here's where some of y'all are at. The reach up and grab the rear mirror. Keep your hand on the wheel. This is who you was. Through the blood of Christ, rip that thing off. Now get both hands on a wheel and say, I'm a new in Christ. I am new in Christ. Man, keep your hand and keep looking through the windshield and keep saying, I'm new in Christ. Because the devil is going to attack you this week. You're going to drive everywhere and them little voices are going to come and you need to say, I'm new in Christ. I'm new in Christ. And the one thing about it, you ain't going to glance through your mirror. You done jerked it off. See, greater is he that's in me. We got to get back to believing. Listen, in 2016, I'm ready for a fresh wind and fresh fryer in this church. Amen. Something new and something fresh needs to fall upon Pleasant Hill because I don't want our people to get stagnated of living where, yeah, God's blessing this church. People are joining. People are being baptized. Don't get used to it. Oh, yeah, Brother George is baptizing again. The first time you said that, about two years, hey, we're having baptism, man. You want to come to church? Now it's, oh, yeah, he's baptizing one. Don't get used to God. But I, I'm praying, for, listen, that'll be, church, start praying with me now between now and starting the new year. Fresh wind and fresh fire fall upon this church and this ministry. I want to see God do miracles and the same thing he did back in Peter's day. Amen. Well, the Bible's written now, brother, we don't, that's hogwash, guys. I don't know who taught you that, but you need to turn your back on it. God is still alive and can move and heal cancer. He can heal drug addicts, alcoholics, homosexuals, gays, anybody that calls upon the name of the Lord. If you can't believe that, you ain't got a leg to live on today, friend. If you think he's dead, I feel sorry for you. But I'm not preaching my church and I'm not living my life like I serve a God because the... Just like that movie says, God, I got one on right now. God is not dead. The only reason he's dead today is the church has made him that way. Where you at this morning? Is the devil bringing up your past here lately? You having a lot of thoughts? Listen, if you're thinking more about your past than where God's taking you, we need to be at the altar. Amen. But listen, everybody ought to be praying today. Say, Jesus, my past was my past. I got that rearview mirror. That's who I was. That's not me no more. I can't go back and change my past, but I can change the meaning of my past. Jesus, help me to look out that windshield and focus on you. Because when I'm focused on you, I don't know what's happening six months from now. All I know is today I'm focused on you. Let God unfold his plan instead of you trying to unfold it for him. Amen. One day at a time. One day at a time. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, come and just speak to this congregation this morning. Let us turn our backs and forget those things in the past. Lord, let us take the rearview mirror down and look forward to our high calling in Jesus Christ. Because we have it, Lord. If you're covered in the blood of Christ this morning... He's got a future and he's got a destiny. He's got a promised land for you. But you're going to, have to quit looking at Egypt and whining and crying about how good it used to be. That's the devil trying to deceive you because there's nothing good about sin. Oh, it's good for sin's pretty good for a season, but it'll take you a whole lot further than you want to go away from Jesus. And maybe you're here this morning in church and everything's good with you. You feel, you feel vital in your relationship. You, you've been closer to Him than you've ever felt. Don't be satisfied. Because the devil will get you satisfied. He'll get you busy doing stuff in church. He'll get you burdened with ministry. 
And then one day you'll wake up and you're barren and you're dry. And the devil will do it when you're going to church and doing good things. Lord, do a new thing in this church, a new thing in our congregation. Lord, let a fresh wind and fresh fire fall upon our church body. Lord, set our hearts on fire for you. Let us be excited and passionate about serving you and loving you, singing to you, teaching about you, worshiping you, leading our youth about you, leading our teens about you, in our women's group, our men's group. Lord, send a new fire. Give us something new. Don't let us get used to the blessings. In Jesus' name. And everyone saying, amen. Stand quietly real quick before we sing. Guys, I've been here 14 years. And I could tell a difference in my faith because when I first came here, and some of y'all that was here when I first came here, Pleasant Hill, we didn't have nothing. But we had one thing, and it was called faith. And sometimes I feel like I was living more in faith back then than I am 14 years from now because I get easy and satisfied. Hey, guys, listen, I left a job that was paying over $50,000, between $50,000 and $60,000 a year, had all the benefits, and I knew God was calling me to preach full-time. You're talking about a big decision, going and taking on 17 people, which there was more coming, and leaving that job. And I looked back the other day, and I said, George, you had more faith then than you do now. You left a job and come and took my word to the people at Pleasant Hill and didn't bat an eye really I mean we knew it was a God thing and sometimes I don't have enough faith today to sometimes get a sermon and I feel ashamed but I'm not the only one involved. a lot of us here at Pleasant Hill are the same way we had enough faith to go borrow $150,000 to build a new building with a little over 100 people And today we're afraid to do something on faith and we have over 300. Something's wrong. Something's wrong with my faith. Because see, it ain't faith if I can see it. Or if I can do it. Or if I can manipulate my gifts and talents and make it happen. I say, oh God, you're good. God's saying, I had nothing to do with that. That's all you. See, where's your faith at today, church? If we're going to go into this new year in 2016, God's got to give us a new faith. New faith. I want that same faith, Doug. When we built this building, I was so excited. Man, we was going in debt. Didn't have very many people. But man, I was happy as a lark, man. God's moving. God's doing great things. Now, the house is full and I walk around moping. We can do greater things today than we did 15. But we got here's the thing. I've got to quit looking back. That was 2003, 2004, 5, 6, 7, 8. Today is 2015. Fixing to be 16. That faith was for then. God says today, get your new faith today. He's taking us to a new level, and that requires new faith. Amen. Some of y'all, I may have two spies in around now going. That's okay. The other ten, we go in the promised land. Amen. You're not going to talk us out of it. Because there's always two spies in a congregation. Never happened. We ain't going to do it. We can't beat it. We can't do it over there. Ha! I want to tell all the people in the community, Doug, and sometimes, ha! Look what God did in 14 years right here. Because of faith. Because of faith in Jesus Christ. It's not about having a lot of money in your church. A lot of influence in your church. It's about having the Holy Spirit's power in your church. Stirring the gifts of the people. To move into the promised land. That's church. And then off of that comes love and joy. And we love each other like a family. Amen. Our faith gets bigger. We got gentleness. We got love. All the fruits of the Spirit start piling up. 
that's manna from heaven. When Listen, guys, when I take somebody like Scott that goes through a situation like he's just been through, and we can love him as a church body, that's manna for heaven for Pleasant Hill. That's God calling down his manna when we can love and support somebody in the church that's going through a hard time. Now, the church that's in the wilderness is the one that never cares about the other folks and does their own thing. Well, we just in church on Sunday. No, we're more than just in church on Sunday. We're in this thing together, amen? So come this morning. Come to the altar. Come and pray for a new vision, a new you, a, a new whatever God wants to give you this morning. Come this morning. If you want to come for prayer, come.